Welcome, everyone, to Reflective Faith Podcasting. And today's podcast, we're so excited to have you and have you out. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray that you'll let this reading of your word touch our hearts and our hearts to you, dear God. Give us guidance and direction and wisdom and discernment through your words. In your precious holy name, amen. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm so excited to have you out and so excited for you to be a part of this podcast. So today we're going to actually look at, I was thinking about today, of how grateful I am. I mean, it's it's beyond belief of the gratitude that I have for the Lord. And I'm so excited to be sharing with you on podcast. Today we're going to be reading out of the book of Isaiah. Today's title of the podcast is Choices. You know, we make choices every day. We we choose to go the direction that we feel is best for us. And how often do we make bad choices and we get in bad predicaments? Or how often are we talking to our children about the choices that they make and telling them good decisions, making good positive decisions so something bad doesn't happen to them or nothing is going to harm them. How often do we as Christians do the same thing to God? I mean, he's asking us as his children to make good decisions and to follow him and to follow his will and to trust him. But how often do we make bad choices and bad decisions? Well, if you look in Isaiah chapter 30, we're going to talk about the rebellious people of the Israelites and the Judeans and how they went into their um, idolatry and serving others and making bad decisions. And it's and, and it all starts small. You know, it really starts small. And it starts small in our life, too. You know, we sit down and, and we're saying, okay, we're going to just look at a few reels. And then we look up and an hour has went by and we've got absolutely nothing done. Bad decision. Or we start letting our children's schedules, sports schedule, dance schedules, other schedules dictate whether or not we spend time with the Lord at church or we go to church or we spend time in the Lord in the Bible. Or when we get on our vacation, we spend time resting. We deserved it. We we earned that vacation and we forget that the Lord's day sometimes occurs on our vacation and we don't go serve and honor the Lord as we should in a church and fellowship with other Christians. All of these are decisions. And the thing is, is it starts small and then it continues to almost snowball until the point that we get distracted or detached from the Spirit of the Lord, and we get distracted and detached from our fellowship with fellow Christians, and we stop praying as often, we stop reading our Word as often, we stop worshiping as often, and we begin to make daily decisions in our life, and we get in a mess, and we try to dig ourselves out of a hole. It's almost like we make a decision, we get in a hole, and then we make another decision, and that hole digs deeper, and we make another decision, and it digs deeper. Well, that's kind of what happened to the Israelites and the Judeans because at that time the kingdoms were split and the Israelites first began the idolatry and you have Hosea and many other Amos and Joel all preaching to the Israelites of turning from their ways of idolatry and um, serving the uh, God Baal and the human children sacrifice and the immoral sexuality and stuff that had came into Israel. And then it floods over and leans in over to Israel. So when you read the book of Hosea, 
he was actually living during the time of it going on in Israel, and his words then began to speak to Judah, the kingdom, the southern kingdom, so that they don't fall into the same trap. They didn't fall into the same episodes of what was happening there. But what happens? We do. We end up falling into that. So this is in Isaiah, and Isaiah has ministered to the rebellious people, and they have been taken by the Babylonians, and they are seeing that you know, it's time for their punishment because the punishment was prophesied. If you're going to serve other idols and you're going to serve other masters and you're going to participate in this fornication and you're going to do the child sacrifices and you're going to worship Baal and you're going to have multiple wives and all of this worldly sin, then you're going to be punished because our God is a just God. Well, here in chapter 30, it says, starting at verse 18, this section is sectioned off, and we're going to be in Isaiah chapter 30, 18 through 25, and we're going to look at the promises of God, okay? The promises of God are just that, promises that will 100% come true because there's no promise in God's Word that has never been fulfilled, We even have promises being fulfilled today. So if you look there, start at verse 18, it says, Therefore the Lord waits to be gracious to you, and therefore he exalts himself to show mercy to you. For the Lord is a God of justice. Blessed are all those who wait for him. For a people shall dwell in Zion, in Jerusalem. You shall weep no more. He will surely be gracious to you at the sound of your cry. As soon as he hears it, he hears you. And though the Lord give you the bread of adversity and the water of affliction, yet your teacher will not hide himself anymore. But your eyes shall see your teacher and your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it when you turn to the right or when you turn to the left. Then you will defy your carved idols overlaid with silver and your gold-plated metal images. You will scatter them as the unclean things. You will say to them, be gone. And he will give you rain for the seed with which you sow the ground and the bread of produce of the ground. Bread, the produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. In that day, your livestock will graze in large pastures, and the oxen and the donkeys that work the ground will eat seasoned fodder, which has been windowed with shovel and fork. And all on every lofty mountain and every high hill, there will be brooks running with water in the day of the great slaughter when the towers fall. This right here, guys, is so awesome because one thing I like is, therefore, the Lord waits to be gracious to you. So I just took some notes as I was going through this. Why? One of the questions I came up with is, why should God wait? Well, think about it. When you've made decisions, do you wait on God to help you correct the bad decisions that you've made? Or do you try to get yourself out of the mess? Nine times out of ten, if you're a human, you try to get yourself out of the mess. We forget to be patient and wait and have faith in God that God will come and have mercy on us and 
come in and shine his light on us. So, and give us mercy and grace and help us out of whatever predicament we've got. So God is going to be gracious to you. This is a promise. Right there is a promise from straightforward. He's waiting to be gracious. Have you ever thought that maybe the reason he's waiting to be gracious is because we made the decision out of haste in the first place and we didn't wait on him to answer our prayers to begin with and we made the decision out of haste. Therefore, we got in a predicament that we didn't want to be in. And so he is waiting on us to humble ourselves and to repent of our pride and our selfishness and to look to him for our answered prayers and our answered blessings and our rescuing. Um, God, you know, he's waiting graciously because he's knowing that every decision that we make has consequences. But do we realize that every decision that we make have consequences? You know, he's waiting for those consequences to play out so that hopefully we learn from those mistakes. I think of my children as they were growing up and and they were small and, you know, you tell a small child, don't touch the hot oven or don't touch the hot stove. That immediately makes them want to touch the hot stove. And I don't think all of my kids did, but I do think one or two of my kids, I do have four kids, so I do think one or two of my kids, you know, ended up touching the hot stove. Well, what did I have to do? I had to wait. They had to recognize that there were consequences of things that I was asking them to do. And then I also had to wait for it to cool down and to properly, you know, I had to put the lukewarm water on it and and so forth. And I had to wait to properly put the medication on it so that it would take hold of the medication and take the burnout. I couldn't just automatically put a towel on it because then... Obviously, if it had blistered, it would rip the blisters off. So I had to wait patiently to tend to it and help it and to care for it. Well, that's how God sees us. When we make our decisions, He is waiting not um, to be resentful or not to, you know, have us. He's waiting to be gracious to us. He wants us to learn. God steps in to be graceful graceful and merciful to us. If he immediately steps in when we've made a bad decision, how powerful are we going to recognize who God is and how gracious and merciful God is? But if he lets us suffer a little bit and dig around a little bit, we're going to recognize how bad we needed God's help. I recall a few weeks ago, I was looking at a reel, and I saw a mama elephant. She was stuck in a ravine, and she couldn't get out, and she was struggling really hard. And you could tell, like, the side of the ravine had been, you know, really dug out that she was trying to climb out of it. And some helpful workers had come up and had took a backhoe, and they were using the back of the bucket to get underneath the back end of the elephant to help push her up so she could get her footing to get out of the ravine. And then once she did, she turned around and she ran and kind of touched heads with the bucket as in a way to say, thank you, thank you, you know, because if someone had came to help that elephant immediately, how would we know if that elephant would have been appreciative? How would we have known or how would that elephant know better to be careful and more cautious around the ravines? You know, and that's what God does. 
He wants us to see His power and His evidence of His righteousness and His grace and mercy that He wants to shine upon us. Then it gets down to where it says, our God of justice, our God of judgment, of righteousness, He withdraws Himself and waits on high so that when it seems to last to interpose effectively. He steps in at the perfect time. God has perfect timing in everything that he does. And that perfect time is when we have humbled our hearts to recognize that we need God's help as, as well as humbled ourselves to appreciate the grace and mercy that God is going to bestow on us for the bad decisions that we had made in the first place, getting ourselves in the trouble that we did. You know, and that's awesome. He's a God of righteousness. So then that goes back to the first question that I asked. Why should God wait? Why doesn't he step in right away? Will you forget there's something in our lives that hinders us for God stepping in right away? God can't be in the presence of sin. So that means when we here on earth have gotten impatient, antsy, didn't want to wait on God, didn't want to follow God's will, or just wanted just to make a bad decision, we have got to clean our hearts. We've got to get back right with Him in fellowship with Him before He can step in to help us. And a lot of times as Christians, we forget that. And just as the Israelites and Judeans, as they had been captured by Babylonian, they had forgotten that. And they had to go through a punishment period of being in exile in Babylon to understand Idol worship was wrong. The incest, the insexual immorality, the worshiping of Baal and other gods, the child sacrifices, they had to see the ruins that was coming on that nation for those very things that they had been doing that God had sent them out into exile as their punishment. The Israelites and Judeans had to get their hearts right back with God so God could step in and be merciful and gracious to them, providing them a way back to Him. And I think that is so magnificent. And it brings me, you know, it seems like all Scripture goes back to the cross, you know, because we here as Christians, you know, our sin is in our lives daily. We commit sins and it goes back to the cross God had to be patient for the his children to go through the different phases that they had to go through and to have the perfect timing in history to send his one and only son for our salvation. He had to let them see that they needed a savior. Just like I think here in our world today, I mean look at our nation. So many people are crying out, we need help. I think I saw a a post the other day that somebody at the Capitol, after whatever report on Trump came out, somebody had put the American flag and raised it upside down. Well, that means a nation in distress. And so there are so many people crying out because of the waywardness and the evils and the sinful characteristics that our nation has gone But the question is, are the people ready to get their hearts right with the Lord? 
Are they ready to put away the pride, put away the sin, put away the grievousness that they have caused God so that God can step in on behalf of our nation and, and heal it from within? And that's what I'm asking you. You know, God provides in, uh, ample grace and mercy for us continuously, but we as children of God, are we ready to put aside our pride? Are we ready to put aside our selfishness? Are we ready to humble ourselves to understand we may have gotten ourselves in this predicament, but there's only one person that can get us out. We can dig on the side of the ravine trying to get out. We can elect officials that we think is going to help us get out, but there's only one person that's going to help us redeem and get us out of the situation we are in, and that's God and Christ Jesus. And the question is, is are we ready to do that? Then you go on a little further. It tells what he plans to do. He says, okay, I'm going to step back a little bit. You've got yourself in some trouble. I need you to get your heart right. I need us to get back into union, back into fellowship. We need to get rid of the sin so that I can come back into your presence. And then when I come back into your presence, I'm going to really come back into your presence. And if you go, it says... And your ears shall hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That's God telling us that we're going to walk in it. It says, you will turn to the right and turn to the left. Then you will defy your carved idols, laid over with silver and gold-plated metals. So my question is, is are we, we have our idols too. You know, we're looking at our phones. We're looking at TV. We're looking at the entertainment. We're looking at politicians that are lying out of their, both sides of their mouth. I don't think they can say a true word. Um, And we're putting all of our emphasis on that. And we're forgetting to focus on the very one that's going to be able to help us out of this situation. But once we do listen to him, we're going to say, okay, we're going to get rid of these idols. We're going to get rid of these things that are leading us astray from God. And we're going to throw those carved idols overlaid with silver and gold. And we're going to scatter them, those unclean things. And we're going to say, be gone. Because we're going to make Christ back the center of our lives. And once we do that and he steps back into our life, look at the mercy that he gives the Israelites Therefore, he's going to give that to us as a nation, us as an individual Christian, us as people. He says, and he will give rain for the seed which you sow to the ground and bread that will produce of the ground, which will be rich and plenteous. Now, up above, it says, and though the Lord give you bread of adversity and water of affliction. Well, he's given us rain now that's going to produce our seeds and make it grow. He had to let us struggle. Because if we don't struggle, we don't realize that we need God for help. We start depending on our flesh and the flesh of others and the world to help us instead of depending on the Creator to help us. But look how awesome He helps them. He gives them bread and water, which will be rich and plenteous. In the day, your livestock will graze in large pasture, and the oxen and donkeys 
that work the ground will eat seasoned fodder, which has been winnowed and shoveled and forked. And every lofty mountain and every hill, there will be brooks running water in the day of the great slaughter and when the towers fall. And that's when God comes back in and cleans everything up, corrects your mistake. But the thing is, is you've got to be back in fellowship with him. And this is one thing that I just thank God so much for, because there's been many times in my own life that I've been out of fellowship with the Lord and, and I've made bad choices and it's got worse because I tried to fix it myself. And then I tried to fix that myself. And then it turned into a snowball and it was just like, whoo, I've got to step back because all I'm doing is making it worse. And we've got to recognize that we cannot put our faith, put our confidence, put our dependence in the flesh. We've got to put our faith and our confidence and our dependence in our Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ to get us through the circumstances we are in. And so as I was going through these scriptures today, one of my favorite songs right now, I have lots of favorite songs, and I'll tell you, music is ministry to my soul. And I want to make sure that I get this song right. So let me give me just a second. I'm going to look it up. Yes, I'm correct. It is Gratitude by Brandon Lake. And I would play that, but I've not gotten permission, copyright permissions to play it on my podcast. But I do encourage you, go to YouTube, look up Gratitude by Brandon Lake, and just let that fill your soul because the Lord is waiting to be gracious to you. Are you in a point in your relationship with Him? Is your heart mended? Are you satisfied with where you are in your relationship? Have you learned from your mistakes? Have you stopped trying to fix it on your own? And are you ready to let go of the pride, let go of whatever sins may be in your life? And are you ready to mend that and restore that relationship with Him so that He can come in and be gracious to you and show you mercy and grace and give you the abundance of blessings that He intends for you. If you're there, great. If you're not, please reach out to someone so that we can help you get to that point in your relationship with Christ. Because being at that point, it doesn't matter how hard the devil fights you. The Lord is ready to be gracious with you. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day, dear God. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the listeners and all that have come out and just sharing this podcast. Dear God, I pray now that it be your will that this podcast gets shared all over the globe. Let's hear and have people from every nation answering and listening to this podcast and hearing your word. Dear God, we thank you so much in your precious holy name. Amen. If you like this podcast, I do encourage you to share it. My goal is to get shown and heard all over the world. We're up to 250 downloads, which is amazing. Praise the Lord. This is just the seventh podcast, and we've already reached that mark. So that right there tells you that God's working. God's working. So people, let's reach out to someone that needs to hear his word, someone that needs reassurance, someone that needs encouragement, someone that needs to make sure that their relationship is right with them. Again, if you enjoy this podcast, please share it. You can find it on any podcast platform on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio Podcast, and several others. And I encourage you to have your friends, neighbors, share it so that we can share the love of God. Until next time, gang, I'll see you later.